And our, our theme is called Letting Go. When we take our eyes to the five biblical texts that we have for uh, the Sundays in Lent, it occurs to me that letting go is a great thing to think about. Letting go because a lot of us would say that we're overwhelmed, overwrought, uh, ensnared, over busy, perhaps lack definition and discipline in our lives. In keeping with Lent, a holy Lent, uh, it is appropriate to say goodbye to some things. This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to Four People. I'm Melissa Rao, your host, and throughout the course of Lent 2024, Bishop and I are having conversations based off of his Lenten devotions. The Episcopal Diocese of Atlanta has prepared a five-week curriculum for small groups or individual devotion time over the course of Lent. You can download the reflection guides and watch the weekly videos by visiting www.episcopalatlanta.org. Good morning, Bishop. Morning, morning. So uh, we are recording this episode on what many people call Shrove Tuesday or Mardi Gras. Yeah. Which means tomorrow is Ash Wednesday, the first day of Lent. Right. So do you want to say a little bit more about um, what you are being called into and kind of talk about the theme of letting go and why that theme, why now, why this Lent? Sure. Well, the rhythm, of course, is that Lent is this season. Right, that the that the church uh, institutes calls into being, where we prepare, uh, you know, for Easter, and it has you know uh, big movements. And the first movement is today, Shrove Tuesday, Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras, or Carnival, right? Which is literally to say goodbye to the flesh, Carnival, right? So have your party tonight, you know, and in the in in some church expressions. Uh, you know, they eat breakfast for dinner tonight and, uh, you know, get together and have a good time and do the do line dances and all that sort of stuff. Uh, because tomorrow is Ash Wednesday and Ash Wednesday is where we show up uh, to churches and other places on the street in some places. And uh, we accept the mark of ashes on our forehead uh, to say out loud to the world and to ourselves that we are embarking on a journey. Uh, that uh, part of that journey is fasting and prayer, study of God's word, uh, and abstinence of uh, from from uh, some people use food, uh, others beverages, um, and uh, you know it's 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 a season of of withholding uh, so as to make oneself sensitive uh, to introspection and the movements of the spirit. So that's Ask Wednesday, and so and then of course. That takes us into Sunday, the first Sunday of Lent, and and that's what we really want to talk about today because you know there's this theme that we're sharing this this year, and our, our theme is called letting go. And uh, when we take our eyes to the five biblical texts uh, that we have for uh, the Sundays in Lent, um, it occurs to me that letting go is a great thing to think about. Letting go because. A lot of us would say that we're overwhelmed, overwrought, uh, ensnared, over busy, uh, uh, perhaps lack, lack definition uh, and discipline in our lives. And so, uh, you know, in keeping with Lent, a holy Lent, uh, it is appropriate to say goodbye to some things. And of course, this first movement, um, we, we look at Jesus. Uh, Jesus has just been baptized and now the spirit drives him, herds him. 
uh, into the wilderness. And so our first movement is Jesus is letting go of the familiar. I, and I love that. And I, I do have to say just overall, the, the over these five weeks, the resources that you all have developed together are quite really fabulous. I'm, yeah, I'm excited about the videos. Do you want to say a little bit about how you imagine folks across the diocese and the church in general might use these resources in their, in their, you know, their time with God over the course of Lent? Well, we started off doing this in Lent because we wanted to support our clergy and congregations. Um, we know that we were sort of withdrawing, you know, from in-person worship, but I wanted to, to, to so- offer some folks something, you know, and so we started to do these Lenten themes and they had videos and meditations and not only that, but companion study guides, you know, with really quite good questions uh, developed by Sally Ulrey, a member of the staff. And so, you know, I mean, people can use this in the car, you can use it uh, as you're walking along, you can sit down with a hot beverage and work through the study guide. I mean, the questions are poignant um, and I think they will help us uh, to sort of really make good use of Lent and all these wonderful lessons and meditations that come to us, uh, you know, in Lent. So that's what we want. We just want people want to give a resource to people so that they can use it in their own way and in their own time. But we think it's important uh, because what we're really talking about is is our development, our spiritual development. We're talking about our spiritual maturity. Uh, we're talking about closing the gap between what we say on Sunday and how we live on Monday. Um, you know, we're, we you know we're talking about our mind and our behind, you know, in line as you you know as, if you will. And so we're talking about a greater peace. We're talking about a, a greater awareness of who God is and how God is in, in our life and in our world. And ultimately, we're talking about joy uh, and life abundant that God wants for us. And that's a journey. You know, we have to, like any good thing in life, uh, there's, a, there's a journey part of it. Uh, some of it is grace and gift, and some of it is, is how we respond to grace and gift. Um, with uh, with with labor and letting go, and so and that's what we're inviting you uh, to do is to give some real serious thought to this, so that really when we get to Easter, right? What, so what do we want? What do we want? Great question. What do we want? We, well, we want an Easter, uh, people to not just sort of mouth Easter, you know, and just sort of not sort of yay Easter, you know, but but for people to have walked a journey, you know, walked over some contours. Um, become reconciled to themselves, become reconciled to God and become reconciled to neighbor in new ways that Easter now is really a celebration in earnest that yes, Jesus is alive. And I have some new sense of that in my own real life. Fabulous. Okay. So let's dive into the first week then, right? (laughs) Let's do it. Letting go of the familiar. Yeah. Based off of Mark chapter one, verses nine through 15, you already mentioned it. It's where Jesus is um, sent into the desert. Yeah. The spirit leads, leads Jesus into the desert for what the Bible says are 40 days, yeah. um, which really means a long time. A time of completion, right? Yeah. To be led away from the familiar. So yeah. are there other words that you might be able to use in place of familiar that we need to let go of? Well, sure. Um, I, I think that we have routines um, that, that we might try, try to do something different. Um, I mean, something as small as starting to move. Uh, maybe it's, it's turning off some devices. Maybe it's not reaching for the phone first thing. 
Um, I mean, it, it's about breaking routine and it's about breaking open by breaking routine. And, uh, you know, what's interesting about this story is, is that, you know, it, this happens to Jesus. It's not necessarily something that he chooses. It said the spirit drove him. You know, another word might be herded him, right? I mean, I think that I think that you know God is always in the soul making business, and while uh, our experience is not like Jesus's exactly, uh, nevertheless we find ourselves in unfamiliar places, and so I think one of the great lessons to learn uh, in this letting go of the familiar is is that uh, God is outside of my regular routine right now. And some new aspect of God for me to know and some new aspect of me to know about myself and even my neighbor uh, is available to me outside of my familiar routine. Uh, what I like to say is, is that, you know, a lot of us would say we might have life has uh, taken us into a rut. And the only difference between a rut and a grave is the, is the depth. Right. And so, uh, you know, so a part of new life, whether we sort of make a choice or it's forced on us is about how we handle um, new surroundings, uh, new challenges, uh, new adventures. And, uh, and Jesus learns that while he has, he feels a very real sense of vulnerability, it, it says he's, he's amongst the wild beasts. That's what the text says. But simultaneously it says, but he's also cared for by angels. So, so yeah, you might be among the wild beasts, and that is that is true and real, and you can name your own wild beasts. Uh, but it, wild, you know, the presence of wild beasts uh, is not the same thing as saying the absence of God and the absence of God's care uh, for me. And and I think that's good news because that means if I'm in the ICU, I might be among the wild beasts, but the angels are present. If the marriage is really tough, I might be among the wild beasts, but the angels are present, uh, and so on and so forth. And 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 maybe what that means for me is, is that I've got to learn a new competency, a capacity. I've got to learn to be on the lookout for the angels while the wild beasts are staring at me. And I, I think Psalm 23 says something like that. Though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, right, I shall fear no evil, right, because thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So, uh, you know, I think I – think, um, there's a, there's a gift here in the letting go, um, a real gift. And, and it has to do with what I like to call spiritual maturity. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, little babies sometimes have those, those wonderful little blankies. You know, it's, it's, uh, it gives them safety and security. And God bless that. And I, I wonder sometimes as adults if we haven't traded in blankies for other things. And, uh, and, and while that may be just fine as, as a general matter, to what degree are we imprisoned sometimes by the familiar? Um, you know, the, 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 uh, the example I like to use here is, is that, you know, we can learn a lot from the garden spider. You know, the, the garden spider, uh, you know, builds her beautiful geometric uh, web, but the web serves her. She's not entangled by her own web. She's not imprisoned by her own web. And I find that sometimes we don't have the sense that God gave a garden spider, right? We tend to entangle ourselves. And so this is an invitation uh, to detangle, uh, to declutter, uh, and, uh, and to let go of some stuff. Hi, listeners. Thank you for listening to Four People, a space of digital evangelism. You can keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. 
And now back to four people. So, you know, one word that jumped out from me uh, to me watching the video and also listening to you speak, Bishop, is adventure. And I feel like the word familiar can be difficult for some, especially when we're going through some some serious, you know, loss, um, et cetera. And yet the word adventure uh, pops up, especially when we think about going into the desert. Like to me, <laughs> yeah, let's make it an adventure, right? And yet sometimes we can't do that. I think another reason why many people don't take seriously the word adventure is because, quote, we just don't have the time for that nonsense, yeah, right. right? So I'm curious about making time uh, during this season of Lent to take risks or to step out outside of our comfort zone. How might that be turned into adventure? Well, look, here's the hard part, right? Here's, here's the hard medicine. The question is, what do you want? You know, if you're satisfied, you know, with your familiar and it's delivering to you all the things that you need and you want, uh, and your happy meter, your joy meter, your God meter, you, you know, your life abundant meter is all pegged out. I suppose we keep on doing what you're doing, but but what I'm writing, you know, for and who am I, you know, who I'm writing to, are those of us who know and believe that there's more God out there. Uh, and there's more liberation and freedom. Remember, God is always about liberation. Remember that God is always about making us free. And, and sometimes freedom comes, uh, you know, I mean, this is the paradox in Scripture. You know, in desolate pl places, the Bible says, we will find our bread. Uh, and, and so what the world might describe as desolate, hospitals, grieving, loss, etc., is, is where people uh, from time immemorial have said they felt the near, dear presence of God. And so uh, for some of us, we recognize that, uh, that uh, life has become overgrown. Uh, we, there is a gap between uh, who we say we are and who we really, uh, you know, who we say we are and how we actually live. Um, uh, and, you know, what our calendar says about us. And we want that recovery. Uh, we want to meet God anew. We need a fresh touch. Uh, and that's what this is about. Um, you know, this is about in, intending to do that. You know, there's a power with intention, a real power of intention. And so uh, Jesus asked the, the man sitting by the pools of water for 38 years, well, what do you want? Uh, not because Jesus was, uh, was cruel or crass and asking a question like that, but this, he was trying to unlock in, in that man and, and, and even in us, this power. So what do you really want for yourself? I mean, you know, here's the thing about God. God is not magic. What God wants to do is partner with us. Uh, and God is just yearning that you and I would want to be free and that we would want to know God, you know, more than we know now. And we'd want to follow Jesus uh, even closer. And so this mechanism of letting go is just one way to do it. Look, let's make it silly for just a second. You know, I've talked about Marie Kondo before, who is the sort of guru of decluttering. Uh, and, and she talks about the fact that, you know, our, um, you know, our pension for consumerism, uh, you know, has taken us over. You know, if you want to, uh, if you want to, you know, if you don't want to believe that, uh, just look at the booming market of uh, personal storage. I mean, uh, we've, 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 bought so much stuff that we have to now rent spaces to accommodate the stuff 
that we bought that we don't use anymore. Bishop, are you talking about my baggage? I'm not talking about you personally. I'm talking about <laughs> I'm talking about us. I'm talking about all of us. I hear you. And, 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 and so, uh, you know, what, is, what would it be like? Let's just use that as one small example. What would it be like? And, and she says, you know, it's about freedom, right? It's about freedom. And, uh, and so I think that, uh, you know, you and I deciding – uh, what we need to let go. And here's here's how we might make a determination of what to let go or what to begin to work on. Uh, it, and that's a real deep reflection on what has me rather than I have it, right? You know, when we become the possessions of our possession, you know, that's, that's upside down, right? When, when we become the possession of our work, when we become the possession of other things, then life is upside down. Uh, what we want to do is we want to be in the position where I have certain possessions uh, I possess, uh, you know, this certain routine for my time, et cetera, that actually builds my health and strength, uh, spiritual depth, emotional well-being, physical well-being, uh, that it doesn't diminish it. And so here's one of the things we might let go of. Why don't we let go of something as silly as deciding uh, not to do, for some of us who are working people, uh, not to do email before a certain time? So we can spend some time with God and to not do email after a certain time. So we can either read a book or spend time with those we love. Uh, these are small things which can give life. These are the building of new routines, which enliven us, right? Mm -hmm. And build health. You know, I was thinking too of the word pain. Like how do you let go of pain? And I actually, I, 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 I had this conversation with someone who's I'm very close to and love deeply. Um, all right, let's just be real. My son is going through some stuff. He's 17 years old and he loves deeply, right? And he just, he said, I just don't want to hurt anymore, mom. Like, what can I do? And gosh, when you hear your kids say that to you, it, you know, everybody's heart pangs. Yes. And so I said, well, you've got, you've got choices. I'm like, you can go through life numbing. And when you numb, you don't feel the pain, but you also don't feel the joy. Or you just understand too that you got to go through the pain in order to get through the growth, right? Like you can't grow without the pain. You can't do that stuff. And so, Bishop, how do you lay down pain? Yeah, Can well, we? you know, you're, you're, I thought you're, you're doing a marvelous job inviting your son to really just to, to face up. I mean, you're, you're inviting him to not be afraid of pain that comes along with loving and life. And, and, and that is really hard, but you're coaching him out of, out of your role as mom and someone who deeply loves him. And, you know, I mean, isn't this what Jesus is encouraging us to do, which is to sort of let go of the fear of life, right? And, uh, and to walk into the world, you know, uh, sort of arms, you know, arms back, chest out. Um, and, and will we get kicked in the, in the shins from time to time? And will we be stabbed and wounded, you know, by, by life? And those, all, yes, it's true, but how do we want to live, right? And so, and so I think we're talking about ultimately the letting go of fear, and we'll talk about that in, in you know in the next couple of weeks specifically. But what we're talking about is the letting go of fear. And, and here's what I have found: those of us who are afraid uh, to live are also paralyzed by the fear of death. I mean, it's it's funny how there's a, a direct connection between those two things. So we're afraid to live, and then we're afraid to die, and then life just becomes this sort of grievous journey. Of, of uh, you know, as they say, everything tastes like chicken, you know, you just sort of, you go from one numbing station to the next numbing station. Well, that's not life, according to scripture. 
That's certainly not the life that Jesus is offering us. That's certainly not Jesus's best to us. So, I mean, look, one of the most courageous things you can do these days, you know, maybe any day is to love. You know, what's that? What's that old thing? Dance. Uh, like, uh, was it like nobody's like watching? Nobody's watching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, to just, to just give up on being a slave, uh, to the perception of others, uh, is a, is a holy letting go. Um, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not a great singer. Uh, if singing is measured by, you know, the tune of the, you're able to produce from the, from the vocal cords. Uh, but what I've tried to move into in my life is to be unafraid to sing because my singing comes from my heart and from my my center of joy, which is that I know that there's a God who's put a song in me. And so what I've got to try to do <laughs> is to let go of the uh, <laughs> self-consciousness and all of that and sing the song, man. And, you know, I mean, this is why I love singing in the car, right? <laughs> love it. Nobody love to it. offend. Well, and I, I feel like too, maybe we just need to let go of the idea that uh, maybe we need to let go of silly notions. Maybe it's a silly notion to to expect to be able to go through life without feeling feeling some stuff, right? I don't I think, know. I think, it, well, I think it's, well, there you've named it really. I mean, so we want to go through life and we want a curated life that has no pain. I mean, <laughs> I think one of the things we can let go of, and Jesus proves this to us, he, show, he demonstrates this for when he returns after his uh, resurrection, uh, he only shows his wounds after they've asked, after, you know, his disciples asked him to show them the wounds. So, so, so Jesus has let go of the notion that he's only his wounds. So maybe we, we might say that to people. I, I should let go of the narrative that says that I am only my wounds. My wounds are part of who I am, but they're not all of who I am. They don't completely define me. Maybe that's a letting go of a familiar. You know, the Bible talks about that we are to, to sing a new song to God. And I, I think one of the things we can do, perhaps in Lent, all of us, is realize that maybe we, we've, we've sort of, uh, we, we're sort of stuck on one song. You know, a thousand years ago when I was a little boy, we used to have records. I understand they're back now. And, you know, the record used to skip. Uh, sometimes it would play the same piece over and over again. And some of us sound that way. And so maybe one of the things we can do is, 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 is talk to God, talk to ourselves in quiet meditation and name, honestly, uh, what we're stuck on. What narrative have we just adopted now and that is calcified, that is defining us? And maybe we can let go of that in favor of a new, more nuanced, perhaps even more joyful, hopeful, helpful uh, narrative going forward. All, all of this Jesus does. Uh, all of this Jesus models for us. And it's all about growth and it's all about trusting God, even in the unfamiliar. Bishop, thank you. And like you, I'm too, I'm going to try to let go of the familiar. Listeners, we're grateful to you for listening to Four People. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave a review, and we'll be back with you next week. 